Listener Production. Hi there, I'm Sasha Barbagat. Welcome to this extra episode of The Briefing. Between the 1950s and 1980s, Australia was the scene of one of the most horrific practices in our history, forced adoptions. Thousands of single and unmarried women were deemed unfit by the health system to raise their own children, even if they'd wanted to, and they had their babies taken away from them at birth. Many of these women report being coerced into it. Some say they had pillows held over them so they couldn't see their newborns. Others were told their babies had died, when in actual fact they'd been given to a married couple to raise as their own. Birth mothers impacted by the practice have been campaigning for years for redress, and there was a national apology from the then PM Julia Gillard in 2013. But listener podcast Secrets We Keep, Shamelies and Family spoke to women who felt that governments were waiting for them to die off instead of offering genuine compensation. Well, that all changed last week for birth mothers in Victoria, with the state government there announcing women who were victims of forced adoption would be eligible for $30,000 in compensation from February next year. It is a big win for campaigners, but is it enough? And what about women in other states who had their babies forcibly removed from them? To find out, I'm joined by Jessica Steele from Shine Lawyers. Jessica, thanks for your time today. How big of a win is this for Victorian women who were victims of forced adoptions? Yeah, well, thanks for having me. And look, it's a really good question. It is a great step forward. However, it is only a small step in the the scheme of things. The announcement last week was that the Victorian um, government will introduce a redress scheme for forced adoption only for the women of a forced adoption practice here in Victoria, and that that will provide three different forms of redress, a payment of $30,000, access to counselling and access to an apology. And that's a really good thing in principle. However, the Victorian government has conceded through its own inquiry and through different inquiries, including the one the Senate ran in 2012, that acknowledged that the government, hospitals, charities, practices historically for a number of decades were abhorrent and that these women went through abhorrent practices. And a payment of $30,000 first and foremost just seems to be falling far short of what we would have expected they would provide. Additionally, um, one of the recommendations of the Victorian Parliamentary Inquiry was that individuals who had themselves been adopted through a forcible adoption also ought to be um, recognised as a, you know, as, as potentially part of um, this redress scheme. However, it, it has only been introduced at this stage for the women who went through that process as mothers. So, it, it is a step in the right direction towards recognition and acknowledging what has happened in the past, but I, it doesn't go far enough. And I think we certainly need um, more from the government in terms of how they are going to build on the redress scheme in the future, as well as what steps they are going to take to introduce further legislative change recommended by the inquiry about how to make these women's rights broader and and better um, outside of redress, um, including in the civil space. Mm. How likely is that to happen, given how much of a fight it was to get this compensation? Look, I'm still optimistic in in some respects. So there was a couple of recommendations by the Victorian inquiry that the Victorian government has agreed to in principle. However, that inquiry released its findings in 2021. You know, we're coming up to the end of 2023 and we haven't seen or heard a lot of updates in that respect. And there's two main recommendations from that inquiry that Parliament have endorsed in theory in relation to legal defences or legal aspects of these claims that defendants like to hide behind 
behind to basically avoid, you know, paying compensation and, and providing these women with justice. And that's um, something called the statute of limitations and um, something called the significant injury threshold. And the inquiry recommended that both of those things ought to be edited and and, and changed in Victoria, comparable in, in the way that survivors of childhood sexual abuse have also had the law made easier for them in recent times. And as I said, we haven't heard much change in that respect. I'm also quietly pessimistic. Once a redress scheme is introduced, I don't know whether it is likely that the quantum of a redress scheme will actually increase. And I, there hasn't been a lot, you know, that I've, I'm aware of in terms of whether that will be extended to children who have, or, you know, individuals who as children went through that forcible adoption process themselves. So it's a bit of a watch this space. There certainly needs to be more done in order for the government to, to properly endorse what that inquiry recommended. What about the campaigners, uh, the victims of forced adoptions, the birth mothers? How are they feeling? Do they feel like they have had a win here? I know we talked about that it's a great step forward, but are they feeling disappointed more than joyed at this announcement? Look, it's a real mixed bag and I can only, I suppose, speak for the women that I'm working with and, and I appreciate that that's not the entire cohort necessarily, but I think it is a really mixed response. You know, I'm dealing with women who I've had to inform, you know, they no longer have rights to pursue civil compensation um, against these entities because of the state of the current law and saying to them, well, and we've, been, and we've been waiting for redress to come into play so that they have that as the backup option. And then to have had to make some calls this week to say, well, this is now what's on the horizon. $30,000 is, it is something, but it is such a small amount in today's society and such a small recognition from the government that it that it, it is a real, you know, it is a, it feels like a double-edged sword. It feels like a really mixed message for these women that on the one hand, they're recognising it, but on the other hand, they're just not putting their hands, you know, even remotely deep enough into their pockets to do so. So look, it has been a mixed response. I think I can speak for some of my clients in saying that they are feeling quietly optimistic that this is perhaps just, you know, the, the tides are turning and that further progress will, will, cut, will come from here. But if that progress doesn't come, I think it will be, you know, a really disappointing result for, for, for how hard some of these women have campaigned for decades upon decades. And for this to be the end of the road and the end of the recognition would be a, a real disservice to, to them and their efforts and, and the trauma that they've gone through over the years. Mm. This is a first of its kind sort of state funded compensation that's being offered in Australia. Uh, there are women all across the country in other states and territories who have not been offered state funded compensation. Do we know where their fight is? I understand you work specifically in Victoria with Victorian women, uh, but do you have any updates on what other campaigners are sort of, are they any closer to redress in other states and territories? Look, to be honest with you, I'm not aware that there has been this sort of step forward taken in other states, and I don't know whether it is on the horizon. I am hopeful that Victoria it will, in some respects, be a helpful precedent to those other states in, in sort of paving the way and saying, you know, it's one thing to provide apologies and one thing to provide recognition, but you've really got to put, you know, your money where your mouth is and say, well, if, if we're serious about righting the wrongs of the past, um, we have to do so in a really tangible manner. And, but that being said, Victoria has been one of the last states to provide um, or to hold an inquiry into forced adoption practices. Some of the other states, um, I believe WA and, and New South Wales did that quite some years before Victoria. And a lot of the states provided formal apologies many, many years ago. 
either in the early um, 2000s or 2010s to acknowledge these practices and, and the fact that, you know, a decade or two later, Victoria is the first step to introduce such a scheme, I think is really disappointing. And I think the other states probably need to really seriously consider where they are at so that they do bring themselves into line with, with this step. That being said, I think Victoria needs to also bring itself into line with, with its own concessions about past wrongs um, in order for that to be a serious step forward. But no, I'm, I'm certainly not aware that other steps are at the same stage as Victoria, unfortunately. There are claims from some victims of forced adoption that they feel like governments are waiting for them to quote unquote die off rather than offer redress. Do you think that's a founded claim? It's it's pretty it's pretty heavy to kind of make that, you know, that claim. Do you think yeah, it's look, rooted in it's truth? So, it, it's something that I do hear um, quite often in, in my line of work and for any sort of historical matter, I think that's a really valid point of view for, for these individuals that they have been waiting such a long time. They have been shrouded by secrecy, particularly for forced adoption, they've been shrouded by a culture of secrecy and shame for decades. And I'm working with women who went through this experience 50 or 60 years ago and still do not feel comfortable enough to speak with a general practitioner about what they've gone through or, you know, to speak to their partner or their children about what they what it is that they have gone through. So I think that's a really valid experience for, for these women and, and anyone affected by a forced adoption to say, look, we've been waiting years for this. Um, we've been advocating for change for, for, for literally decades. And then for there to be you know, there's there's acknowledgement on paper that, you know, what has happened was not okay. However, you know, the, the, the change isn't just happening quick enough. And, and I'm working with individuals who were, who were, you know, who were quite elderly and, um, and who, you know, some of my clients are in really poor health and they have been waiting for this change for a really long time. And it, it will come too late for many of them. And I already feel like the cohort of, of, you know, women in particular in terms of the mothers of forced adoptions that we are dealing with are, are probably a very small proportion of the real picture of, of how many people have been impacted by this process, whether it is because some people are no longer living, whether it is because there is such a, you know, a high proportion, I think, that we can never truly quantify of how many people have been impacted because they will never come forward to bring a claim because of shame, because of trauma, because of, you know, a whole raft of things. So I think that's a, a valid perception. And I think that's something that in, in recognising any sort of historical wrongdoing, it, it's not good enough that, that change takes years and that change, you know, is, is always on the hori- horizon, but never in front of people. It, it needs to happen sooner. Absolutely. Mm, A small step forward for the women and victims of forced adoption in Victoria, but the fight still continues there and indeed across Australia for formal compensation. Jessica Steele from Shine Lawyers, thanks so much for your time today. Thank you so much for having me. Really appreciate it. That was Jessica Steele from Shine Lawyers there. If this episode has brought up anything for you, you can get assistance from the Forced Adoption Support Service in your state or territory by calling 1800 21 0313. And if you want to learn more about this dark time in Australia's history, be sure to check out Secrets We Keep, Shame, Lies and Family on the Listener app or wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening to today's extra episode of The Briefing. That's all we've got time for. Tom and the team will be back tomorrow morning at 6.00.